0: Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things in the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So in thinking about what I was going to get up here and say tonight and starting this whole thing off, My husband led me to this verse. I told him I wanted to talk about home and what gather meant to me. And so where would I go in the Bible to find something that meant that? And he led me right here and that got this whole train of thought going. So it made me think of what I was back before I started coming here and what I am now and why. So what was I when I was called? I was a daughter. I have a mother and a father who I love very much. Growing up was really happy for me. I have great memories. Even then, things weren't always perfect. I left home when I was 18. I decided I was smarter than my parents and I could do it on my own, and so I left. It was very, very ugly. I was away from my family for three years. And then I smartened up, I apologized, and I began to build relationships that I had damaged. I was a sister. I had two brothers, and again, I have great childhood memories of them. Sure, we fought, but we also stood up for one another. We lost our youngest brother many years ago, and this event forever changed our family. We were fractured and we were scarred, and those scars are still here today, but we work on them every day, every month, and every year. I was a wife. I was married and divorced. And married again. Though I was broken and lost and looking, I was found, I was loved, I was healed, and I was made whole. I was a mother. I have many children, as you all know. Some are his, some are mine, some are ours, and some we've chosen to have. As in every parent and child relationship, there are ups and downs. There's cracks and breaks that need to be talked about and fixed. I was a worker. I started my first job when I was 12 delivering newspapers. I've been a waitress, a cashier, a clerk, and for 10 years, I was one of those ladies who answers the phone when you dial 411. For 48 hours during the time I was an operator in California, the Loma Prieta earthquake hit. All of the people in our office became one of the only lifelines for people who called because 411 was the only place that would answer. The state was broken, people were scared, and we were the only ones picking up. It was to this day the most difficult situation job wise I've ever been in. I was a student since I had a career first, having left home because I was smarter than my parents. I never went to college, but I made the decision when my youngest child started school to get my degree. I always felt I was missing out on something by not going to college, and I wanted to fix that. So I went to college in my 40s, and I actually graduated. Thank you. I was a teacher. Many times in my life I've had the opportunity to teach. My brothers, my children, my close friends, strangers. There have always been people in my life who could learn from me, and I've learned from others as well. I believe we all can teach one way or another. It's a natural function of being human. In this way, Jesus has taught us all. His lessons are here for us to see and to learn from. The Spirit gives us gifts so that we can use them. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses four through six, it states, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So the question I'm asked, what is different in me now that Jesus is in my life? Who am I that I wasn't before? I chose to gather this family, this body of Christ, not through my own decision, but following my husband. He finally found a place where he was mostly comfortable, where he could play his harmonica and not be judged for who he was before, and he could be who he wanted to be. For myself, I found a place where I learned something very important that has shaped what I've done ever since. It's very simple, really. Love God, love your neighbor. We hear this all of the time in most Bible studies, most sermons, and many of the discussions, but I never really lived it before. Yes, I helped people. I think I was a pretty good person overall, but I didn't do these things for any other reason than just to occasionally be a good person. Now, I choose to be here. I choose to do these things because I'm supposed to, but not in a way that's a burden or a chore. I'm supposed to love my neighbor and treat them as myself. So I serve, and notice I say serve and not work. Work is not fun, and it's not always something we want to do, but serving is a choice. It's a decision that each of us must make every single day. What I choose to do is an absolute joy, and in all honesty, I do it because it makes me feel good to help others. I volunteer at the cafe one or more days a week and talk to people who come in, people who come through our doors or what others may consider weak or lowly. It was often how I saw people that were once less than, I, less than me, less than I considered I was. But who was I to decide who is less and who is more? I learned that we're all less and we're all more. So I listened to people and I talked to them, treating each as I would want to be treated. I don't always get it right. I'm still learning and growing, but I do try. I cook meals and I feed people. I've been gifted with the ability to do that. And most of the time, and with a lot of help, I think I do a pretty good job. It makes me smile when a person comes to me and says the food is good. Or asks for more, or simply leaves with a smile on their face. Isn't it great that our service, that in our service, we get so much more back than we put in? In my thoughts and actions now, I do not think what's in it for me. I would like to think that like Jesus did for all of us, I'm leading my actions with the thoughts of what can I do for others. He gave all for us, I give myself for others, and I choose to do this. Each day I choose gather as my home, Each day I choose to be surrounded people just like me. Those who are not always wise or influential or noble. We are foolish, we are weak, we are lowly. Each and every one of us is all of these things. Each day I wake up and I'm the same person I was. I have the same roles I had before. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a friend, I'm a student, I'm a teacher. But now I have different reasons for doing everything that I do. Now I'm not just doing. I'm giving and serving others. I'm still a teacher who teaches where I can. I'm still a student who learns each and every day from all of you. I'm a worker. I work to help others to provide for those who I can. I'm a mother who loves my children. I'm a wife who loves my husband. And I'm a daughter of God. Now... I can say all this because it's not because of me these things happen. It's because of him these things happen. Through him, all of these things are possible. Thanks. Thank you. So with Cole being gone tonight to be a father to his son, he asks that we share together and have a night of testimony. And this is mine. This is a small part of who I am and what I do. It's not the whole story. None of us usually tell the whole story the first time. (laughs) So I ask you, what were you when you were called? And with the gifts of the Spirit, with Jesus in your life, what are you now? The floor is open for anyone who wishes to share.
1: So today, two years ago, I was baptized down at Riverside Park at Saxon City. Uh, So, that's what started off with me sharing tonight, was thinking about back two years ago. Two two years ago yesterday, I was released from Lewis County Jail for my 11 month stint for uh, possession of meth. Today, I have two years, six months, and 20 days clean and sober. It's been a long, hard journey to, be, to stay clean and sober in the same town you used in. But each day, it gets easier. Each day, you meet new people. I met my church family two years ago, today and started doing service work and helping others, reaching out to others. I've been going to Central College for two years now for chemical dependency to help other addicts get clean. I feel God has put me on this path because I, to help others get to where I have gotten and see that there is hope after it all. I got one year left at the college, and I find it to be my hardest because I did the classes already that I enjoy. All all the <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did I did all the chemical dependency classes first, and now I got the general classes to do, and they're harder for me because so I don't know much about it about those classes. I don't know much of it, but the chemical dependency classes I knew a lot about from my past. So they made it easier and I wanted to learn about it. And I wanted to do it, you know, because I want to help others. Now you know, these classes I'm taking now are just like, I don't want to do this, you know? <laughs> they're pointless, I'm not going to use these. But <laughs> in order to get your degree, you have to take them. So I, I'm gonna do what I've been doing and just let the Lord walk me through my classes and help me achieve everything I strive to achieve. Two days from, uh, two weeks from today, I'll be taking my next step, my next journey. I'll be getting married. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and um, so me and Bernie will be getting married in two weeks and I am glad to be able to help raise her boys as to be outstanding young men and it's a journey that I'm going to have to learn along the way with, with the Lord in my life now I am able to achieve things I never thought possible. On the 22nd, I finished my two-year probation of D- on DOC, which I have not gotten one violation on the two years. I'm among 1%, is what my CEO told me, that to be able to make it a full stent without one violation. It, I wouldn't have been able to do anything of this if it wasn't for this place or everyone here to be loving and supporting and help. Through thick and thin, you, you guys were with me and was able to guide me in the right way. The Lord was there with me spiritually and he's been working within me ever since I turned my life over to him. I've been living in the program into light program here at the church on July 9th. It'll be two years. Full two years that I've been here. It is amazing the things I've been able to do and learned along the way. I am not the same person with the Lord in my life. I have changed. A lot of people say you can't change. But you can as long as you change everything. And the biggest thing I changed is I believe in the Lord. And he has walked me to where I am today. He has shaped me to who I am today. The Lord makes everything possible within you.
0: When Cole asked if I do this, I asked him if he could get Chad to testify because I love his story. Um, testify. Testify. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear his story again. Um, we weren't here when Chad came, and it was a really sore spot for me at the moment because we were on vacation and we had just left, and um, Cole said, Don't worry, your kids can get baptized in August. I'm not doing any baptisms till then. And the first Wednesday night, as soon as like the day after we left, <laughs> lo and behold, on my Facebook feed, pops Chad getting baptized. I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> and by the time we got back two weeks later, um, Chad was an institution here. I mean, he was just, he had just jumped in and two feet and has not looked back ever since. He, he exemplifies the verse that the lowly, boast and boast for the lord and that's what i was hoping for tonight is that others would share stories similar to that so once again if anybody would like to talk raise your hand and i'll bring you the mic or unless you want to come up okay everyone welcome to open mic night
2: (laughs) yeah no 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 um actually i'm not any good at the guitar (laughs) But um, I want to say, too, I really appreciate when we do this, where people just get up and start talking, because have you ever noticed when we do this, it's like, it's very real. It's not rehearsed. Everything that people say is real events in their life, and it's a great testimony to what's really going on. Oh, well, you're the exception. (laughs) You look nervous enough when you get up here, so... (laughs) But anyway, um, my story, yeah, thanks. He says, cut, done, she's done. (laughs) My story is actually a really long one, so I'm going to try to make it as short as possible. There's a lot involved in it because, frankly, I'm a stubborn weirdo. And I'm really stubborn when it comes to God for some reason. But he's been (laughs) working really hard on me. He still does, (laughs) because... I'm not only my stubborn, I'm kind of a, what do you call that when people run away periodically? You know, where they, I don't, I don't know. The ones, the ones that like, the, you know, the, you picture them getting, trying to get married 20 times but every time they leave the groom at the altar or something, one of those. Um, a matter of fact, it's quite amazing that I've stayed together for so long. <laughs> um, let me just start up by saying uh, it started really, I mean, I was very, you wouldn't have recognized me. <laughs> I've got pictures, a couple of you have seen them. Um, Yeah, you remember when I first came in the church. uh, Lily was here when I came into the church. I was bleach, blonde, low cut shirt, uh, skirt wearing promiscuous person (laughs) who hated God. I hate not only hate God, I hated all Christians. I thought all you Christian people, You're just being fed lies, and I can't believe that all these intelligent people would believe all this crud. Like, what? why do you believe this stuff? You guys are loony. And I thought, you know, it's desperation. It has to be desperation. Well, whatever. But you know what? Those Christian people, they'll give you free food and clothes. (laughs) 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 And free internet, yes. (laughs) So, um, I, um, when I what what uh finally got me to start listening was my mom died she, <laughs> Wow, it still gets me <laughs> she was um my everything when I mean, you don't have God, what else do you have right your parents really my dad died when I was five years old, and here is my mom, and she was getting a little bit of an echo there okay um but she was um. She was basically my everything, and I would, all the running around that I did, going to Seattle and going to wherever, bouncing from man to man, I would always come back home, and I could tell mom all my adventure stories, and I could almost give her every detail. (laughs) Um, And she would just accept it, and she'd be like, well, you know, do what you think you need to do, and, you know, I'm sure you're going to figure things out eventually. You know, she was very helpful, and then she died and suddenly I didn't have any support. Like the rug just got pulled out from underneath me and I I ended up coming back home. I came back to live in Chehalis where my brother was because he was the only one I could trust because I have a pretty crazy family. But um, when I moved down here, here's the scary part. This is the part that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting my brother to say, okay, you can have an extra room. You know, you guys gotta get a job and you know, whatever, you know, the run of the mill relative thing, but instead what he did is he put me up in his mother-in-law's house with people I didn't know and basically said, hey, if you can't figure it out, you can't figure it out. He was basically running out of options and, um, put me in there and I screwed that up too. I, I couldn't get a job. And when I finally did get a job, it was as a caregiver. And then I, uh, what ended up happening was I, um broke my arm trying to caregive because I actually have a I don't I don't know how many of you know this but I've actually got a deformed right shoulder and uh it I'm missing part of my shoulder actually um the fact that it works is praise god <laughs> um but I ended up damaging myself basically overestimating my capabilities And I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even tie my own shoes at this point. And all I was getting from the people I was living with was you're useless. Get out. And I thought I was, I figured I am, I'm completely useless and I'm worthless. And I, it's, I'm done. And I was already manic depressive. I'll tell you, there's some people in here that know about that too. (laughs) Um, I have manic depression and I basically fell so far apart that I wanted to die. And I tried to commit suicide. I climbed. I wanted to climb to the top of a building. Matter of fact, I've tried this before previously in my life. But I said, "Well, if I'm worthless, I'll just go take care of myself." And I slammed the door and I left the building. My brother got wind of it, and he's a police officer. If you don't know, and he called his police officer friends, and they drove around looking for me, and they found me, and they said, "Here, you got two options. You can either come in, or we'll arrest you and bring you in." Like, <laughs> okay, I'll come in. And then, um, but here's the, here's the kicker, this is the interesting part, is that they, I got counseling at that point, just so you know, if you're curious. Um, they brought me into the ER and they got me counseling. And uh, so here comes the fun part, is um, I got back to the mother-in-law's house. And that night, um, I was feeling pretty lousy, and I, Went into my room, I locked myself in, and I looked at that phone that I haven't been able to connect in months because I haven't had a job. And I set it up on my desk as usual to set a little alarm on it. I turned the alarm off because I was just done with it. I'm like, you know, know, I'm just gonna sleep all day tomorrow. I don't even care anymore. And um, because the lady I was working or the lady I was living with, the mother-in-law said I had to get out. I couldn't stay there anymore. And I remember as I was going to sleep, I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't function. I couldn't, like everything in my life accumulated to one fine point of complete failure. So I prayed God and I said, God, if you're out there, I need help. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I hope you're real because I need it. And I went to bed. And finally, I think I cried myself to sleep, actually. And then the most amazing thing happened. In the morning, my phone, which hadn't had service for months, rang. And at first, I thought it was the alarm. I honestly did. I almost turned it off. And then I got this little voice in my head that said, you're going to hang up on me? So I answered it. I picked it up and I said, hello? It was my brother, but he couldn't hear me. He was talking to his wife. My line had gotten crossed with my brother's cell phone. And he was talking to his wife, who was saying, I don't know what else to do for Esther. She's, I don't know what to do. She needs God's help and there's nothing that us we can convince her to even go and get counseling or or anything I don't know what else to do for her and he's like well I, I'm just arriving over at the mother in laws so I, I gotta go and I, I hung up the phone I jumped out of my bed I ran to the front door I opened the door and I said to Stacy it's okay Stacy God just told me he was gonna get me counseling <laughs> He looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he couldn't even say anything. He was just staring at me like, this is my sister, right? Eh? She's finally going over the last deep end, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, and so I waited and I waited and I waited to see what would happen and nothing happened. So, um, um, oh, I kind of got the story mixed up. That's when I went and tried to commit suicide was after nothing happened. The first thing was triggered by some other thing. Sorry, <laughs> nervousness or something. But anyway, um, when they did finally take me to the hospital, they got me the counseling, which is after this phone call thing. And then that was when I realized that God really is going to help me because suddenly I did have an option for counseling. Because before that, nobody would give me counseling. And then suddenly there was this option for counseling. I went homeless and I was okay with that. I was like, brother, I'm not going to worry with you. Don't worry about me. I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the ground. I'm going to fall off. It's going to be fine. I'm going to go be homeless. And I was, and I was homeless for quite a while. Matter of fact, when, um, Tris and Dan joined the church, I was homeless. And they're the ones that first offered to get me a job. And then I kept forgetting to do my job and how to do my job because of a memory problem I've been having probably part of my depression and my failure to breathe when I was a kid. But um, No, that's really true. <laughs> I would forget to breathe on a regular occasion. It was a medical issue. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, but what ended up happening is I did end eventually get on Social Security um, for my back problems and my forgetfulness and, you know, inability to remember really important things. Um, and... Then, one day, while volunteering at the church, which I used to volunteer a lot more than I do now, just so you know. I really did. Um, i got some people here that can vouch for me on that. Even though it's not really, it doesn't really matter how much you volunteer, I guess. <laughs> but then, this guy. Well, no. Let's back up. One more second. Sorry. Trying to keep the story short. Um, this guy, or they like, I prayed to God when I was doing the volunteering I prayed to God and I said, God, you've done so much for me already. And I was a believer at that point. There's so much in this story I'm leaving out. Anyway, I was a believer at that point and I said, God, I, I can live the rest of my life just serving at this church and I would probably be perfectly happy. Serving at this church and serving you and learning about you would be enough. But if in your will, there is a man whom I should be with, Because he needs me more than anything else. Have him walk through that door and make it obvious that he's the one. Now, while I was, I think I was sewing a quilt that I still haven't finished. (laughs) I was making a quilt. And sure enough, a man walks in the door that I knew from childhood and he was actually holding up his wedding ring finger, saying that he needs help because he's having this big, huge problem with his his ex, who stole his child and disappeared in the middle of the ether. And I felt bad and I tried to help him and I helped him find his daughter and he got his daughter back and then he got custody. And then lo and behold, we got married. His name is Nathan and I love him very much and he's still my charge from God because he's just special in beautiful ways and he's awesome and his kid is awesome you've seen her running around like crazy and that's that's my that's been my service to god ever since i've been helping take care of these two and he's been he's got his path he i can i'm watching his path unfold and that's that's a gift from god too to be able to watch someone else's path unfold and I can see from everything that I've said that even from the beginning, even before I came to gather, it's not about gather really as far as God's doing. We know that God definitely is here and he definitely does a lot of great things here. God, praise him, is in our lives through the whole thing. He, he's, he's there and as soon as you give him a chance, as soon as you say it out loud, God help me. I need your help. And you believe it right here. I guarantee you the next day he's going to be calling you on your cell phone. (laughs) Saying, all right, let's go. Let's get this show on the road, girl. I've been waiting for this. So he can work miracles in your life. Praise him. He's great. He really is. Amen.
0: I I remember when Esther worked for us. (laughs) <laughs> it was challenging on but bo- it was challenging on both sides both sides um and it didn't end well like things often do and you know I talked about that in my story things not ending well and making it work for the better but several months after we had to let Esther go um she came up to me and said to me thank you for firing me yeah. And it blew me away because, you know, it was pretty tense, our relationship at that point. And it was because you fired me, I went and got Social Security and I was able to do what I need to do. And I'm able to be at home and be a daughter to Grace and a mother. Yeah, a mother to Grace, her daughter. And it's, and it's beautiful. Um, I see you and Nathan with her and she has just grown leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds. So we have time. If one more person would like to speak before we have to bring the kids in, we have about five minutes. If somebody would like to talk, Jason. Okay, Jason. Um,
3: I got my beautiful wife back there, Barb. Uh, she was dating other people that were uh, not the right people. They lied to her, stole from her, um, didn't spend any money on her. That was hers. We're seeing other men or other women at the time while she waited at home for them to come home. She found me in her garage. It's like, what you doing in my garage? (laughs) She said, leave. And I respected that. And I left. So it was like a week later, I was hanging out in the garage with her boyfriend and I'd found this this piece of wood and it had a face carved into it. And I put that way up where nobody would recognize it. First day she came in, she's like, whose is that? And I was like, it's yours. She's like, awesome. And she's kept it. She still has it. Um, I was slamming meth at the time, weighed about 160 something pounds. Uh, Well, I became her best friend first because her boyfriend had two other girls that he was sleeping with, but not her. So I told her the whole story of all her boyfriends and husbands that she lived with that she didn't know anything about. And uh, I haven't lied to her since or anybody else. I'm really good at what I do, but I don't really lie a lot. Um, I told her that I do drugs, too. I told her I was slamming dope. I told her I would quit in two weeks, so I quit in two weeks. I told her I would quit the day we got married. I was high when we got married. It was the best redneck, white trash wedding ever. We're gonna renew our vows here real soon so her daughter can be there. Um, And I told her I quit, but I I didn't really lie to her. I still took my pills at night, helped me go to sleep so I could smoke as much dope as I want. That's what I thought. Well, she started noticing. Well, why is it taking you four hours to go to sleep? You take four or 500 milligrams of go what's going on? <laughs> now I take 800, I sleep real good. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm good at this. I should stay up here forever. Um, <laughs> how many? All right, so, uh, yeah, I told her everything, and... Uh, we were only together for a couple of months before we got married. And we've known each other for almost two years now. Been married since my birthday, so I don't forget. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I met her beautiful daughter. She was uh, eight at the time. I mean, she really loved me. None of them, nobody likes to go camping. They're all scared of camping. We went camp, first time we went camping, we slept on a couch, pulled it right out of the wall, threw it on the ground. <laughs> They're like, that's the best redneck camping I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, we got married. I, uh, I was on DOC, so it took me six years to do this last one. Uh, but she was there for me. If she wasn't there for me, I'd still be in prison right now. Um, Yeah, I came to this. I I parked over here. I was driving at the time. I can't drive no more. I have seizures. Um, But I I parked over there, and I was like, what's that place over there? And I could see a bunch of people that I knew that were telling on people, and I was like, nope, don't want to go there. Probably hurt those people. So I was just like, didn't go. So I waited a couple weeks. They weren't hanging out there anymore, so I went in the door, and I was like, what is this place? And everybody's like, all my friends that use are there. And I'm like... They love these people? <laughs> but they do. This, this community in here love people so much that it just brings more people in. And so, uh, uh, I started coming here, hanging out, didn't go to church, still. I sleep in the tent on the side, so all you guys are still my neighbors. and Nobody messes with this place at all. Nobody's stolen anything from this place since I started working here. <laughs> um, I tell people not to fight on the premises, take it somewhere else, which I do, just saying. Um, I can't fight anymore, but it's really, I've been fighting for 31 years. I've been fighting my life, my whole life, for 38 years. And I just just found out it took me 38 years to find out what real, really is. Look in the mirror, and then you'll know. Um, I started volunteering here. I got my food handler's card. Um, I'm muscle and crowd control. I've gained almost 60 pounds since I've been here in 70-something days, 80 days. Nobody can keep up my eating. You guys can't. My wife can't. The restaurants can't. Apex. Um, But uh, I love this place. I can help people. I get to hang out with uh, Chad. Jerry, you know, other people that I used to use with that don't even care anymore. This is how hard it was for me to quit. I lost my daughter because I had a dirty UA. Okay, so uh, I had to stay clean for four or five, six months, go to classes, so I did. Well, I messed up. And because uh, I had to go to the hospital, my wife had a dirty UA, so she's like, what's up? A week later, go back, I have another dirty UA. She's like, I'm leaving you. Kicked me to the curb because she made her promise. It took me a, a couple months to come back. I lost a whole bunch of weight. I'd hit my head on a rock at Riverside. Woke up at Borst with an ounce of dope in my, my hand like this, hanging out of the water. Um, took me three days. I was in the hospital. They got me clean and sober. They got me these awesome wristbands so my fingers don't swell up anymore. And... Uh, uh, yeah, this isn't really a whole lot of my story, but it's the best part, I guess. Um, where was I? I forgot. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just... Uh, so, yeah, so I, get cu- I go back to inpatient or outpatient, and uh, I started on the 18th of April, right before 420, I've never had a 420 in like 10 years, because I don't know, I've been locked up, doing this, doing that. So, I've been clean since then. And my my wife and daughter told me if uh, I use again, I lose them both. So you know how hard it was for me to quit? It wasn't that hard at all. I quit right away. Boom, done. I was out here smoking a bowl of weed, took a hit, said, screw it, and gave it to this dude who had half a foot and needed it more than I did. He still comes by and says, I got your vibe. I was like, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I stumbled just uh, Thursday. I wasn't here Thursday. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't lie to anybody. Um, due to my mental health, I've been stuffing it for eight months because I'm trying to be strong for my wife and my kid. And uh, I went to go have a nerve test done on my hands so I can have surgery done. This one really is bad. This one's okay. But they're both bad. So I go in there and get a nerve test done. And they shock my hand. It's only supposed to shock your arm and your fingers. It shocked my whole body. My whole body jumped every time he did it. It's like, that doesn't happen all the time. I was like, all right, chipped a tooth and everything. My old habits jumped out in front of me, took over. I grabbed some of these purse. Don't know how I got it. Uh, When they looked at my bag, they couldn't really find anything. Um, They're like, we called the cops. I took off. Fight or flight, you know, boom, gone. I can't fight the doctor because then I'll be really in trouble. And uh, I didn't find out I did it until I was in the back of the cop car after they started finding everything. Nothing was in my backpack. You know, my friend Sam back there didn't even know I did it. Kind of freaked him out. Oh, and Sam back there, I've been taking care of him for uh, two weeks. He came to me, told me he was depressed, was going to kill himself that day. My daughter loves him. You know, she just met him yesterday, the day before. But yeah, my life is, uh, it's really changed here because of these people in here. That's not even that many people, but it's a whole lot in God's eyes. And I've been walking the trail that God put me on my whole life because God says it doesn't matter what trail you're on, that's the one He puts you on so you can learn things and then people can, you can teach people your lessons so they can learn things. So I'll, st- I'll, I'll stop with this. Um, I wrote this for my daughter. We're felt to feel the feelings of feelings felt to feel. Real is to feel the feelings. Real is to feel the feelings all over again and again as it was first felt.
0: Thank you, Jason. You bring laughter to all of us every day, and you have been so helpful since you've arrived here. And I continue, I want to continue to watch you grow here and we're always going to be here for you. I'll feed you all the food. Yes. This man eats more cereal than anybody I know. <laughs> and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs>